Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapters 12, verses 1 through 8. Hear these words. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said that not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common person used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. God speaks to us through the reading of scripture. Thanks be to God. So today we continue the sermon series, A Piece of the Puzzle. Uh, last week, the question was posed about what puzzle was hard for you to complete or what puzzle did you enjoy uh, that you used to do as a child or that you enjoy doing now? Uh, and one of our online members, Marlene, mentioned the Rubik's Cube. And that made me think, um, what puzzle did I enjoy doing? And not particularly what in my family that I remember us actually sitting down and doing puzzles, nor myself and my daughters. I never had a sit down and put a puzzle together. Uh, we, you know, the ones that taught you colors and body parts, yeah, but not like one of the um, intrinsicate puzzles. And so when Marlin had spoke of the Rubik's Cube, that made me think, oh yeah, there's different kinds of puzzles, right? And so one of the puzzles that I did enjoy doing as a child or a teenager uh, was Tetris. Uh, so have you, it's an arcade game, so I might be dating myself just a little bit, but Tetris, right? Um, and, and recently I went with a friend to an arcade and uh, got to play this game again, the one that I thought that I was so good at, uh, or I used to be so good at, and I would have to say I'm no longer good at, at Tetris. But it was, it was fun to do it, and it was great to kind of uh, reminisce on times past of being a child or a teenager and playing this game. But also when I began reflecting more about as a child, what kind of puzzle uh, could I remember family doing? And I do remember my grandmothers, each of them having doing puzzles, but it wasn't really uh, what really stood out in my mind. I don't remember my parents of us really doing a puzzle together. Uh, probably right now they might have a puzzle out on their dining room table that's in the middle of being completed. But the puzzle that stood out for me um, in my childhood was the crossword puzzle. Both my grandmothers, so my my grandmother, my mother's mother, and my father's mother both used to do crossword puzzles. And when I was thinking about it from the from the newspaper, uh, and that's what really stood out most was thinking about that kind of puzzle, the puzzle that can't be completed unless you have this one word. So you can't complete the puzzle if you don't know the word that comes down, and then in order to get the word that comes across, right? Um, and if you don't have this one word in order to know, um, 
then it, then you can't, the puzzle just sits there. And I can remember the puzzle being completed through the week, not just in one day or one sitting and kind of like the puzzles that we're putting together now. Um, but I think about a crossword puzzle when we think of the piece of puzzle for a worship service, especially today uh, at a service that had many moving parts because we were experimenting doing something differently, that it took those that view online to participate it took the behind the scenes people like Melissa who oversees the production of the online service and Blake who is our communications person and helped me figure out how to convert videos and help me upload videos. And then James that sets up and runs the cameras when we stream from a UVC site. And then those that actually participated in today's service like Jay who gave their testimony today and Marlene who shared UVC's mission and values and Emma who read the scripture text. And each week we're in person or streaming live, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that comes together to put on our worship service. So we have, so we have musicians, we have liturgists, people who are setting up the welcome tables, those that are handing out name tags. There's many pieces to the puzzle of just the worship service. And today's text, when we are talking about the sermon series and thinking through the pieces of the puzzle, we're thinking through also the biblical stories that are a piece of the bigger puzzle, right? The bigger picture. That there's all these little stories or sometimes they seem to be really big, and but there are still a bunch of pieces of the story that come together to show about who Jesus is and his teachings and that teaches us about God's love and who God is and who Jesus is in this world and who Jesus is to us and in our community. And today's story is one of those examples, a story that is a piece of Jesus's story of Jesus's teachings, who we believe Jesus is in this world. And Mary shows us that example. And our text today, the setting is they, Jesus and the disciples are back at the house of Lazarus, the person that Jesus rose from the dead. We are at their house, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They are sharing a meal together uh, and each has their own part, right? Martha is serving, preparing a meal and Mary comes in as a part of this story and anoints Jesus. But prior to this, this story. Uh, let's go back just a little bit. So um, I said that they are at the house of Lazarus. Lazarus is the individual that Jesus rose from the dead. But in between that time, from the time that Jesus rose Lazarus, Mary and Martha's brother from the dead, and today's setting, in between the religious authorities decided that Jesus was threatening their power. He was too much uh, of a threat to them and they had decided that Jesus must die. Also, the context of this story is that we are heading into Passover. And Passover during this time, Jewish individuals would make their way toward Jerusalem, Jerusalem to have the Passover meal. And so this is prior to going to Jerusalem. This is where, uh, as we know now, that the religious authorities are planning to kill Jesus. So Jesus, when we, Come, Jesus arrives in, they kill Jesus when Jesus arrives in Jerusalem. So it makes it even more significant of the act of Mary. So back to the today's story. So in our text today, we read that Mary uh, anoints Jesus with this, uh, what they call nard, an extravagant amount is the text cites. Almost three quarters of a pound, which is a very expensive perfume, and when we look at how much it costs, it was basically worth a year's salary that Mary gives to anoint Jesus. So Mary does this beautiful, wonderful thing 
And all of a sudden she's interrupted by Judas who says, hey, what are you doing, right? We could have sold that nard and uh, gave the money to the poor. Uh, whether that was Judas's intentions or not, he still tried to disrupt the giving that Mary was doing. And I, it made me think about, as, we, um, as I was thinking about this story and reflecting on this story, what popped into my mind was this, uh, an experience that I had. Uh, I was in a car with an individual that I worked with at church, uh, and we had come up to a stoplight, and there was a person standing there at, with a sign asking for money. I don't remember exactly what the sign said, but I knew that they were asking for money. And so I was getting into my purse to give money. And the person that was in the car with me immediately says, no, don't do that. You can't give money to, to them. There's other resources where they can go and get something to eat if they're hungry. Don't give them money. And, um, and I was like, well, okay, I, I understand that there's other resources, but I would like to give money to this person today. And the individual was extremely adamant and was like, no, I, if this is my car, because she was driving, uh, they were driving, and said, no, you can't, and um, literally prevented me from, from giving. And I, I, and I think about when we, when we give extravagantly, or when we just give in small amounts, whether it's our time or uh, our resources, uh, about how there's always uh, others who try to prevent that. Now there's been other times that I've come up to a stoplight that I was not prevented. So I was able to go ahead and, and give as I felt drawn to. And I know that there is a lot of different understandings of whether or not we should give to the individuals that are standing uh, with their signs and asking for food or money or whatever it may be. And at the time of when I was sitting uh, in the working with this individual, I was actually working at a day resource center uh, that provided uh, sack lunches and uh, other um, resources for individuals experiencing homelessness. And this individual who was in the car with me was a volunteer there. So we both had the same experience of working and building relationships with individuals who were struggling with poverty or struggling with uh, homelessness, where I believe that giving extra was an okay thing to do, but she believed that if we gave extra, then that would never encourage them to receive resources. And so we disagreed upon that, right? Uh, and there's the continuous times that people will continue to disagree with how we give and who we give and how much we give. Uh, and I think about those things like when we give money to uh, like the bell bond funds, right? To bail somebody out, the cash bonds, or we uh, give to an organization uh, that is helping uh, um, get people off of the death, uh, death row, death penalty, right? And so, you know, I know that as we continue to think about giving and how we give and in which situation that we give, um, that we have to know why we do these things. Why do we give, right? Um, is it because I'm giving because it makes me feel good? Am I giving uh, because I truly believe I want to help another individual? When we think about the story and we look back at um, talking about why Mary was giving extravagantly, she was anointing Jesus, right? And I believe whether we, um, every time that we give of our time, our resources, um, that we are anointing 
Jesus. That as we continue to give, that we are showing who Jesus is in this world. And we see in this story after Jesus, Judas says, stop, what are you doing? Jesus steps in and says, leave her alone. She is doing what is good. Mary was doing what she could do, what she could to provide for Jesus. And I believe as we continue to give out our own resources, whether it be monetary or a talent or participating or volunteering, uh, that we too continue to anoint Jesus. And actually this week, this Wednesday, we have an opportunity to volunteer, uh, to, to offer our resources, uh, to offer our time and ourselves. Uh, we, uh, as Urban Village Church, are going to be volunteering with the Knight Ministry. The Knight Ministry is a Chicago-based ministry that provides housing, healthcare, and human connection to members of the community struggling with poverty or experiencing homelessness. And one of the ways the ministry provides for the community is with the Knight Ministry bus. The bus goes out into the communities and provides medical care, case management, um, but it also doesn't just pro provide medical care and case management, but they also have chaplains that provide spiritual care for individuals um, that are there. I, for a, a short period of time in 2019, actually worked as one of the chaplains on this bus. Um, and in 2019, before the pandemic, uh, groups, uh, Urban Village was one of them, uh, would come and actually serve a meal, either sack lunches um, or hot meals, uh, there at the place where the bus would uh, would stop. Now, since the pandemic is um, on, they they now provide sack lunches, but we still, as we are this week, are able to uh, participating uh, where we're able to make the sandwiches uh, and make the the sack lunches. So whether you're buying the bread of the peanut butter, the meat, the fruit, or packing it into a bag, um, this is a way that we can also serve. And as I mentioned earlier in our announcements that we'll be doing it this Wednesday for when they go out to the neighborhood of South Shore. Uh, and then they'll hand those out. So this is another way that we also can give. We will make uh, sandwiches from our own resources. Uh, and then thinking about being invited to be a piece of the puzzle, I come back to remembering sitting with my grandmother as she was completing the crossroad word puzzle as a child. And, and I would be, and she, and she actually wanted to know if I could help her figure out this crossword puzzle. I remember uh, being so excited that she actually asked me to help, that I could be a part of figuring out her crossword puzzle and I, how important that made me feel or how happy and excited it made me feel that she invited me to be a part of this. And so I think that when we volunteer and serve and give over resources is a way for us to be a part of figuring out the puzzle of completing the puzzle together, because without each of you, the puzzle would not be complete. If we think of even the bigger puzzle as the world, without each of you, individual people, creation would not be complete. So as I finish today, I invite you to just reflect as we continue to create this online community, how your gifts and talents and resources can help create these communities across the United States where we can reach people who are searching for a place that shares God's love with them for who they are, their whole complete selves, where we can share with others and let them be known and seen, just as we heard Jay share their testimony of being able to be known and seen and accepted for who they are. So I, I invite you to just reflect on uh, how you might be able to also be a part of this community. So let us now pray. 
God, help us to know how to give abundantly. God, help us imagine how we might fit into the bigger picture. Help us give abundantly, extravagantly from our own resources to help those that we see that are in need. In the name of the creator, redeemer, sustainer. Amen.